Welcome to the Live Life Well podcast for busy women with me, Joanne Bibby. I hope this is a place where you'll find encouragement, inspiration and community to live life well, body, mind and soul. Welcome to the Live Life Well podcast for busy women with myself, Joanne Bibby. Uh, This is just a place for you to be equipped to learn what supports your health and well-being mind body and soul and hopefully give you some tips and pointers to live life to the full really as you deserve to do and I'm really delighted to welcome our guest today who is Claire Mackin and Claire is a yoga teacher and movement educator which sounds very intriguing and I'm really excited to hear more um, so Claire tell us about you what do we need to know about you how did you find this passion and this path in life and your interest in sort of well-being tell us everything um hi Joanne well thank you firstly for inviting me on I, I love any sort of podcasts or anything to do with well-being because I think it's so important that we try and pick up as many tips as we can because there's so much out there um, so yeah, so thank you for inviting me on. It's great to be part of it. Um, so yeah, I trained as a yoga teacher actually whilst I was also pregnant with my son. Um, that kind of happened in like in the middle of my training. And um, after he was born, I mean, my intention was never really to teach yoga. I went in to do it because I, I was just interested in yoga and I wanted to develop my own well-being. So that's where my interest in my own well-being started um and then i experienced pelvic floor problems myself so after he was born um kind of went down the conventional route of trying to seek help was sent to a continence nurse and told to do the usual kegels and didn't have any success or very little success and i started researching from the perspective of being um somebody who's interested in the way the body moves thinking that well this is you know this is part of my body there must be um or or thinking perhaps there is a way that i can move differently to help my pelvic floor knowing that it is just a muscle um so rather than just um you know doing kegel exercises which is which are squeezers um i thought well there must be you know there must be something else and that's when i started to uh, research into the connection between the rest of the body and the way the pelvic floor works and I started studying and specializing in pelvic floor health um, again never really with the intention of working with and helping others just to help myself but I think like like a lot of people when you learn a new skill and you realize that uh, there's something that you know that you could help other people with you kind of you sort of feel drawn to it and and that's where I'm at now really is I just I feel like there's a lot of women who do experience pelvic floor problems and they're not getting the results through conventional uh, support through going to the doctors um, because you know many of the factors affecting their pelvic floor could actually be things like stress management or you know suffering with stress and not finding time to relax um and you know anxiety causes the pelvic floor muscle to actually be very tense so there's loads of and there's loads of different lifestyle factors like the way we use and move our body every single day affects the way all of our muscles work including our pelvic floor um so yeah i think i just i i think um i think it's 
you know it's really important that we look at our whole our health as a whole picture as body and mind rather than just trying to spot treat you know whether it's you know wanting to get, get stronger abs or um lose weight or whatever it is there's 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 your lifestyle and then there's the way that your body and, and your mind work together and all of those i believe really need to be considered to have you know to enjoy good well-being i suppose yeah and oh, we're all about that link on here about your the link between our mind body and soul health that you can't separate them can you they're also intrinsically linked and uh, i'm really excited to hear you t- tell us more about pelvic health because as i was just saying to you like i know it's important mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about it and I don't really know how to take care of mine very well but I feel after having two children it's something I definitely need to know more about I can't really go on a trampoline very well you know after having two kids so <laughs> looking forward <laughs> to hearing your tips but first of all just something I like to ask all my guests and you've sort of touched on it already like that like that importance of taking care of ourselves and looking after our mind body and soul health what, what does that look like for you like if I ask you what does living life well mean to you and how do you sort of take care of your well-being day to day Ultimately, it is my priority, um, and I've been thinking about that a lot recently. And and I think that's really important to prioritise yourself, and not just in the way of kind of just self care, but really make it for me. It's my mission to find out what works for me. So I um, I pick up a lot of tips from things that I read, things that I listen to, things that I learn, and try them out in my own body and see what works for me because we're all we're all unique um there's no magic exercise there's no one thing that's going to help absolutely everybody and i think um i feel sort of stronger and, and and more um more well than i've ever felt because i'm listening to what works for me and i'm 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 not trying to keep up with you know things that aren't right for me I'll, I'll let go of exercise trends that just don't feel right in my body or that cause me pain and I'm working on areas you know areas of weakness within my own body and my own mind so um I think as I've got older as well I've just become more um more aware of when things aren't working when I need to um you know do do a bit more mindfulness or do a bit more movement I can feel it and sense it in my body or in my mind um but ultimately it's I guess it's it's a constant sort of almost like a science experiment you're sort of trying things and you think yeah actually I like that that made me feel great I'll I'll continue doing that and then you'll try other things um and perhaps they don't they're not right for you and it's just constantly like trying new things and exploring and experiment and enjoy it and I love that like and you know when I say like everything I'm literally talking about foods that I eat breathing practices going for walks getting outside all of the things that we know that like make up this wellness try them because there's no like set recipe there's no like well we must do this for half an hour and we must do this and I think we get a bit caught up in perhaps um uh, having to you know do 10,000 steps or whatever but you know 10,000 steps for some people is great for others it's too much you know it's too much for their health so um yeah for me it's like a um it's like a constant hobby I suppose is is enjoying learning about what you know what helps me feel good yeah that's so good and 
I love what you're saying about treating it like a science experiment, but having fun with it because we're not stationary. We're always evolving and changing and our bodies will need different things at different times, depending on what stage of life we're at and what's going on in our life. So it's, it's kind of, you said about not comparing yourself, not following trends for the sake of it, but just try things and, and enjoy yeah. it. And I really like what you said so as we get older we realize we're not invincible I think I think through my 30s and 40s I've realized that in your 20s you think you can just do whatever you want and you'll always mm-hmm. be fine um, but I love your message that we can get healthier and stronger as we get older we don't have to sort of yeah. give in to the aging process we embrace it and as we find what works for us we can keep on being fit and healthy and that's a great message like we might need to give it a bit more focus give ourselves a bit more love and attention um, but it's there's a lot of hope that as we give ourselves that love and attention we can be fit and well into our middle and old age really can't we Definitely. And I I actually think as we get older, we probably need to try a little bit harder, not because we're getting older, but because we are, it's, it's too easy for other things to take over. So the likelihood is that, you know, if you're, I'm 44, so if you're sort of in your mid forties and beyond, the likelihood is that you've got older parents, perhaps, if you're lucky enough to have them around still, um, you've got children maybe to take care of, you've got perhaps a work life as well and it's it's it would be easier and understandable to not prioritize your well-being and I, I'm seeing that a lot with women in their 40s and 50s um, or who have got to that age and then thought oh I I'm not as I'm not as fit and strong as I was when I was in my 30s Where, when did that sort of when did that disappear and and it's because we you know life got in the way so I feel like as I sort of transition through to, you know, into different phases of life. So, you know, into like perimenopause, I'm now looking at things like that and being aware of what that might be like and what changes I need to make. Um, We just, yeah, we probably do have to think a bit more about it rather than like when you're 20, like you say, you're just, you're not even thinking about it because it's not even, it's not an issue. Um, But yeah, so. Yeah. But do think about it. That's our that's our advice. If you're in your twenties, listen, like yeah. do do start. Oh, do start think early. about it because imagine how you know if you could go back and imagine how oh. different life could be, or you know, you yeah. wouldn't have to. You, you could embed some really strong habits then yeah. and not be playing catch up now. I suppose, and yeah. that's the thing. I I work with women who, particularly women who have had children who haven't prioritized themselves it's not their fault they've put their children first and that's that's what you know parenthood and motherhood can often mean but then it's more difficult for them to to long it's a a longer journey for them to get to a stage where they feel strong and happy because they're having to undo bad habits poor posture poor breathing patterns aches and pains you know it's only when the body starts to speak to us in that ache and pain language that we listen to it but by that time by the time we're experiencing daily problems we it's it's not it's never too late but it's 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 kind of it's urgent then it's urgent isn't yes. it? we have to then do something about it or we accept it and and give into it but I don't I just don't think we should do that I think because and you know no. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of free things out there as well and I think that's what's great about this current, you know, this age that we're living in. There are so many different podcasts. There are books you could read. And there's very, there's inexpensive ways to 
explore it. Uh, so it doesn't, it, it shouldn't be a barrier, I think. It's just being open to it. Yeah, there's so many great resources. It can almost be overwhelming, can't it? Which is why it's great to have people like you on that are kind of experts in your field that we can get solid advice from and in a way we can implement. And I and I'm sure that's what we'll we'll get today. But I totally hear what you're saying. Like it's almost it's more difficult to prioritize our well-being as we get older because there's so many demands on us. But it's it's that's why it's so important to prioritize it because there's so many mm. demands on us. We need to be mm. well for our own sake first to be able to enjoy life and do all things we want to do, but also because we want to be there for the people that rely on us as well. But um, yeah. that's that's great. That's some really points you brought up and a really good way of looking at it um so pelvic health let's get into it so so maybe if you're listening and if you're like me you don't know a lot about pelvic health just give us the, the lowdown like what is pelvic health what does that look like what parts of our body what muscles bones are we talking about yeah so i focus um on the pelvic floor muscles that support the, the organs with inside within the pelvis um the way the pelvic floor muscles work is that they do two things. So they relax and they contract. And it's the contract, contracting movement that stops, you know, leaks and wheeze and things like that escaping. Um, and then it's the relaxing that allows us to go to the toilet. So they kind of, they need, and it's because it's a muscle, it's a muscle like any of the other muscles in our, in our body. And I think it's important to normalize it because we, there's a lot of taboos around talking about pelvic health. Um, it needs to it needs to be able to relax and it needs to be able to contract and there's lots of different factors that all add up to a healthy pelvic floor so if um so for example being um keeping active so not sitting down for long periods of time the position of your pelvis and, and how you stand and how you sit is really important so making sure that it's in a kind of neutral position where the pelvic floor muscles can kind of sit um freely um horizontally kind of in the body but also that the pelvis itself is mobile so that we're not getting stiffness around the hip so that it can it can work as and when you need it to um because it's part of the core so it, it forms the lower part of the core function and we, we all know that the front you know where our tummy is that's the, the front of the core but then we've got our sides our oblique muscles and then the back is also part of that but another element of that is our diaphragm which is the very top of the core so if you imagine that your core is like a little sort of pressurized system and within that system there is a set amount of air um what we need to do is manage that air that sort of there's not actual literal air but that sort of you know it's like a balloon there's a set amount of um sort of space there to manage that we need to make sure that the breathing for example is right so um if we are um if we're not breathing well sometimes we can put pressure down onto the pelvic floor muscles so if we're not managing this pressure system that's when we sometimes experience things like that heavy feeling or we you know we get a prolapse feeling in the pelvic floor that can also cause leaking um so getting the breath working and making sure that the ribs are expanding and there's not tightness in the chest um is another kind of vital part of that um 
and actually there's a lot i think there's some myths around pelvic floor health as well because the, the main um it is changing actually there's been some recent sort of uh, new changes to advice coming out soon but generally if you go and see like, a nurse or a gp they'll tell you to do the squeeze exercise the kegel exercises and that can work but what that does is just strengthen the muscle so you're just lifting it and quite often the women that i've worked with i find that their pelvic floor muscle has got tight so it can be strong but it can be tight and it needs to release and a tight pelvic floor will give you the same symptoms as a weak pelvic floor so it's it's really important to sort of if you are having problems at the moment to actually go to a woman's health physio and get an internal exam to see what your pelvic floor muscles are doing and how they're responding because it would be um it would be wrong to assume that if you're leaking or you're feeling that prolapse feeling that it's a weakness and then just to do the kegels because then you could just be end up tightening that pelvic floor um and that's why things like anxiety and stress management are really important because if you imagine um, if you're stressed, sometimes we, we kind of conscious or subconsciously hold our tummies in and that pressure holding the tummy in is putting pressure down. It's either going to go down to the pelvic floor or it's going to go up, which is kind of results in a hernia. So it's really important that we're not sort of, you know, we're relaxing the belly, that we're breathing, that we're moving. Um, and then other lifestyle factors, things like, you know, drinking plenty of water to, to to make sure our system works well because I know lots of women that come to me and say oh yeah well I, I, I limit what I'm drinking because I, I, to avoid leaking and actually it, it, it's the opposite if you limit your um, drinking that's going to irritate the bladder and that could cause more sort of irritation and, and more, more likelihood of, of leaking potentially so I think whilst that sounds like oh my gosh that sounds like there's loads to think about I guess ultimately it's about staying active finding ways to look after yourself in the whole you know in the whole kind of uh, process of living your life really of not trying not to kind of stay seated not stay stationary um but yeah uh, that's so interesting because I'm, I'm very aware of how like i said like our health's connected um we're holistic beings but Something like pelvic health, you wouldn't think about it being related to like your self-care, to having enough rest, to how you breathe, how you move. But I love that really that's the answer to a lot of our health concerns is to take care of our whole selves, isn't it? And being proactive, like you were saying, so that we don't get to that point. But also knowing that we, if we are struggling, that there, there is help out there and things we can do. Mm. Um, so could you just give us a picture of what we would feel like if we had a healthy pelvic floor and what our symptoms might be if we had an unhealthy one is it more, is it those sort of things like struggling with continence and things or are there, are there other things yeah so yeah so uh, if you i mean if you had a healthy pelvic floor you chances are you wouldn't notice <laughs> you wouldn't notice if you did but you you would you would generally i guess feel strong um i guess from a perspective of if you um have pelvic floor dysfunction and you're not sure uh, some of the symptoms, the obvious ones are incontinent. So that can be, um, you know, leaking, um, uh, that sort of prolapse feeling or, or even just a heavy sensation, which can sometimes 
get worse throughout the day. So especially if you're busy and you're, you know, you're up and down and you're moving a lot, you can get that heavy sensation of prolapse um, where the organs are sort of descending downwards. Um, you you may experience pain in the lower back, in the in the sort of lower abdomen. You may feel like your core as well isn't strong. And you may you may also know that if you know you might have if you if you for example had a baby that you've got abdominal separation quite often, quite it's quite common to have abdominal separation and pelvic floor dysfunction because that's another part of this the pressure system but if there's a gap in it then that sort of pressure's going out or down so it's not strong enough to sort of help the whole system function so core function is all integrated in fact your pelvic floor when you contract um when you contract your pelvic or contract your core it's your pelvic floor that you want to work first so that lifts slightly first and then the lower um like the very deep core muscles then contract to support um and a well-functioning core should be happening automatically so you can you can help it with the breath so for example when you breathe out your pelvic floor and your core will naturally contract and when you breathe in everything will naturally relax so ideally you don't want to be sucking things in every time you know you lift something that can be a good way of managing it if you're having some issues and you're having to you know carry on with life whilst you get treatment for dysfunction um but really what you want to be able to do is have a functioning core so that it's responding to breath it's responding to movement um rather than because sucking it in too much is then causing that tension so you're constantly sort of grip grip gripping and then actually the belly's not getting a chance to relax so it's it can cause that sort of pressure downwards or upwards Oh, that's so interesting. So some of the things you've mentioned that we can do to be proactive and take care of our pelvic health are so moving, not sitting still for too long, um, breath work, so I guess sort of meditation, breath work, that sort of thing, drinking plenty of water, taking time to rest and sort of manage our stress. Is there any particular exercises? You mentioned that, that sort of famous exercise that we all think we're meant to do as women, it's like squeezing our pelvic floors while we're, we're boiling the kettle or brushing our teeth um are there like obviously if you've got more extreme problems definitely come and speak to someone like yourself like a specialist mm. um, but for most of us who maybe are generally okay or maybe just have noticed the changes in our bodies over time or after having children is there particular exercises or movement that are most helpful or like you you teach yoga as well is that something that's that's really helpful because it sort of builds strength and flexibility but also helps us to relax and unwind at the same time yeah so there's there isn't one specific exercise that i tell anyone to do because i think there are you know a million different exercises which are great um i think the key thing that i think anyone should prioritize is taking time to properly relax every day and a good way of doing it is to find five minutes, set your phone timer for five minutes and find a quiet place to lie down on the floor. You can lie on a cushion, but not, not on a sofa, not on a bed, somewhere where you can relax. You can put your legs up against the wall or on the edge of a sofa so that you're actually relaxing. Close your eyes and, and set your phone timer off for five minutes because a lot of, because of the you know symptoms of modern life, really, um, a lot of people find a, a bigger benefit 
from regularly managing their stress mm-hmm. than any any other exercise and then you sort of build it up from there um the other the other key thing i always say is try and get out for for walks for walking is really good um there are lots of ways to um lots of things to think about with walking if you I mean, I'm a big, I wear barefoot shoes and that's, I mean, that's a whole sort of different topic. But if you're, if you're really in, if you're really interested in improving the way your whole body functions, have a little research into barefoot shoes um, because they, your, your feet and the way your feet move um, probably it, well, it is the foundation of good, a, a well-working body because it just affects, it's like the foundations and then the rest of the muscles and the body and the framework kind of works really well. Um, but if barefoot shoes aren't within your, you know, priority at the moment or within your budget, finding the flattest, widest shoes that you can find. Footwear is so important. Um, you, it, it almost seems a bit, even now that I've been sort of saying about footwork for a long time it almost seems weird to say you know your feet are so important but you can really tell somebody's health and what they might be experiencing in their body by the look of their feet so if people have got misshapen feet because they've been wearing shoes that are pointy or bad you know not great for their feet they're fashion shoes rather than feet you know feet shaped shoes um it, it really impacts up the chain because it it kind of it's going to impact on your knee because it's going to affect the position of your knee and then the muscles around the knee can't can't um respond as it should do and then your muscles like your glutes and things like that so foot health is something i definitely say we should all prioritize because most people that are walking around are generally wearing terrible shoes dare I say I've got to be bold and say yeah wearing bad shoes that are bad and I'm not talking just about high heel shoes or pointy shoes like shoes with big heels on and I know there's a big fashion at the moment with trainers with like platform heels almost like big spongy heels and if you think about what that's doing if that's your foot that's meant to be flat on the floor it's it's lifting it up like that so it's always in this position and then the rest of your body has to adapt and shorten or lengthen or change so you're constantly you know it's like you're constantly walking downhill and you know that if you're walking downhill you you, your thigh muscles have to grip and that grips around your knee and then that becomes a permanent sort of habit so yeah there's 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 kind of a lot but definitely yeah think about getting out walking if you're not walking at the moment or trying to increase your walking on different terrains you know uphill downhill on uneven ground um and stress management everyone i think everyone can benefit from stress management oh my word well don't we need it more than ever (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i find that really encouraging what you said because actually that doesn't feel too difficult to me to do those two things and to be honest i didn't think when i asked you about pelvic health you tell me about what shoes to wear but i find that fascinating the link between the two and it does make sense because we are so linked like our bodies are so linked everything affects the the others so i think we can find five minutes a day to to relax and rest and i can imagine the the multifold benefits of that to taking five minutes out which is not easy but it's manage it's, it's 
doable isn't it to take mm, five minutes mm. not five minutes it's not like taking an hour out or half an hour we can do five minutes and walking's yeah. great it's an exercise that most people can do it's not high impact or scary um, it's cheap it's free we, we can fit it into our days so I find that really encouraging that if I focus on those two habits that I would then improve my not only my pelvic health I'd also improve my mental health and my physical health um, so I love what you said about taking a few minutes a day to slow down rest but also being active and walking so I think we can do that yeah definitely and I think if you, and if you are experience acute symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction to to seek out to go to your gp but insist on being referred to a woman's health physio there are lots of private physios so that that's a route for some people but if um you know if you don't want to spend the money on you don't have the budget or whatever um you are entitled to be referred to a woman's health physio via your gp somebody who specializes and they and that is the best place to to kind of start um because like i said at the beginning really just get an understanding of what's happening in your body is your best asset that's really going to help you and then there's probably lots of things you can do yourself but if you for example if you go and they say oh yeah it's, it's tight it's, it's you know it's, it's strong enough but it's it needs releasing then you can think well great okay i can i can try and relax i can do some some exercises to stretch it out and things like that and seek out you know other ways to do it but go and see somebody because life is too short it's cheesy to say but life's too short to 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 have these problems because we don't need to they're not um they're not terminal they're not they're not they're sort of having babies they're not they, they can often come about that point but it's not just as um what's the word it's not because you've had babies you've got to put up with this or because you're now going into perimenopause, you have to put up with this. It, it doesn't have to be that way. You can actually um, get help. And, and that's one of my big messages really is to, to empower women to actually get help because otherwise what happens is we, we shrink away, don't we? And we stop, we stop putting ourselves out there. We stop showing up. We stop enjoying things and we stop, you know, being the person we were when we were 20 because we're worried about where the toilet is or leaking or you know and all of that and i we, we shouldn't do that we're too important to to you know to just shrink away with all of these problems these burdens let's let's get some help yes yes that's a great message and hopefully a really hopeful and inspiring message to people that might be struggling with this issue or, or anything else to think that there is hope there is health help out there and sometimes and quite often as women we have to advocate for ourselves especially with our gps with the nhs and to look into your options like you said like sometimes if you can afford it it's better to look at what options there are because i think especially with the way the nhs is at the moment sometimes we're gonna to have to wait a long time or not necessarily mm. get the best care so it's really worth exploring your options isn't it and finding out what help is there but to also know what to ask for like you're saying to ask for a women's health specialist that's really good to yeah. know what to ask for when you go um, and that so that's brilliant and a great message to yeah just keep fighting for what you need to be able to live life to the full I think is really important to hear that you're worth that you're worth taking care of and you're worth feeling as good as you can so that's a great message to take away with us today um so Claire, how can how how do you work with women and support them with these things like tell us how how we can stay in touch with you and where to find you but also how you work with and support women so I work one-to-one. -one. I offer one-to-one -one packages. 
um I, because i really find that helps and i like to work deeply and delve into um specific issues and create personalized programs so i have a website so you can find me at claremaking.com.co.uk yeah .co.uk um so you can find me there and i'm on instagram at claire.making um ultimately yeah i that's that's the way i like to i enjoy a one-to-one practice um and enjoy looking at um you know because i'm quite often have like mental barriers as well you know it's kind of it's not just i'll give you these exercises and that'll that'll be it i quite i really like to work on you know how can we embed a, a new set of exercises or practices into your day because most people are very busy um so when you work with me i i kind of you know we look at linking habits together and creating small changes over a period of time rather than let's just work for an hour and do everything all in one go we, we we work and you know create something that's going to work yeah well that sounds great and it's just good to have that support and accountability sometimes like like you say sometimes you know what to do you know what exercise to do but there might be things that are holding you back from doing them um, i work quite similarly with my clients and we're looking at nutrition i think as women it's often a lot to do with our mindsets and what else is going mm-hmm. on in our life like limiting beliefs we've carried with us and things so I think being able to work with someone one-to-one that really has your back and wants to cheer you on is really powerful so that's great we've heard where we can find you and stay in touch and I would recommend following Claire for lots of tips and advice and definitely speaking to her if any of these things are an issue for you and getting some um, personalised and tailored support for that Um, but I find this really interesting and I'm sure if you're listening you have too and you've got some really great tips and some really um, doable actions to take away from today. Um, Before we finish Claire I'd just love to hear for fun if it was your last meal on earth what would you choose to have for it? Oh gosh Oh, I, do you know what? I think I'd probably have pizza. It's really boring, just pizza with loads of toppings on, loads of like roasted things. Yeah, just pizza. Because normally when I eat pizza, it just it does it just makes me feel really full and bloated. So I tend to avoid it. Yeah. But you know, my last meal. Who cares? Absolutely. <laughs> and a coffee probably. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, because you feel a little bit guilty after you have pizza, don't you? So you could just have it guilt-free mm. and just enjoy it. Yeah, it's too easy to eat too much. That's the problem, isn't it? It's too tasty. So, yeah, I just eat the whole thing and just think, yeah, cool. <laughs> I'm done. And it's got everything, hasn't it? It's got the carbs and the cheese. Mm. And it's good. It's a so good It's choice. almost a full meal, isn't it? You could convince yourself it's probably nutritionally um, <laughs> complete. <laughs> Balanced <laughs> diet. <laughs> Not for every day, though, but for your last meal. Yeah. Oh, it's been so good to chat to you today. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your knowledge with us. It's been really, really fascinating. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you've had some inspiration to look after yourself, body, mind and soul and feel as well as you deserve to do. Please remember to subscribe and share this podcast if it's been helpful for you. And I'll see you again soon with another episode and some more amazing guests. Take care.